Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. This is the last episode we'll be releasing this year and we thought that in RD tradition we end it with a year wrap of how 2023 in pop culture has been. So we're going to leave the back to school theme at exam pressure and bring you right back to the present by doing what we do best, debating everything that's happened in pop culture in 2023. So to start off with, we're going to talk about fandom. So what what is the phenomenon or the person or the fandom that you associate with this year when I say that word? This is Shishti, your host, by the way. Hi, everyone. This is Denise. Um, I think the first, first word that comes to my mind is definitely Taylor Swift. I feel like she's had her fans. I've actually had a journey uh, of a year this year, especially her Indian fans. Um, and I think there's been a lot of uh, reclaiming, liking Taylor Swift, but at the same time, uh, dissing her. And there's been a lot of like mixed emotions right now. Um, and especially with, you know, uh, people commenting on her, um, the kind of weight she would have if she commented on like, Uh, on Israel-Palestine issues and things like that. Like, even she's very culturally relevant, but also, at the moment, very politically relevant. And her fans definitely have that uh, presence. It it shows. It shows everywhere. Mm. Hi, this is Rohita. And I think I agree with with you, Denise, about um, Taylor Swift being one of the first people to come to mind. But also, in the Indian context... um, I mean, it's not that Taylor Swift is not an Indian context, but um, in a more in a different context with films um, and film fandoms, we've seen the return of the angry young man on screen, and subsequently we've also seen the rise of the angry young fan. I think because <laughs> there's like legions and legions of really hot-blooded um, uh, people coming. To, to the defense of not only their favorite favorite stars but also this the rise of this cult director in 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 the figure of Sandeep Reddy Sandeep Banga Reddy um, and particularly the way they're kind of just going after women like Sucharita Tyagi for example uh, who are critiquing the film and the way they are just um, trolling her, the way that even the film is sort of fanning the flames of this kind of angry fandom is just extremely concerning and worrying, actually. Um, Like, fan wars used to be restricted to, like, inter-fan wars and, like, factions within fans, but now they've kind of started targeting uh, critics and especially women who are critics. So, yeah, that's quite concerning way for the year to end yeah Ruta, i think i agree with that also hi hey guys neha here but uh i feel like this this is what happens when this is what has been happening with fandoms in the sense that at least in india a lot of people that these fandoms center around they use it as an excuse i mean unbridled loyalty regardless they've used it as an excuse to you know do things that would have otherwise not been forgivable but because these fans are so obsessive they will let anything go i feel like a good opposite of this is uh mamuti 
in the sense that mamuti has had for years and years decades even had the same type of sort of completely loyal almost blindly loyal following but he's used it in a wholly different way he's used it to take risks to bring to the helm stories that otherwise to a newer actor would have been a career defining risk but for mamuti it's not because he's mamuti and he's used his you know um star power so to speak as a shield to say these stories that otherwise people probably would not a actor like him of his stature would not have taken i feel like that's really admirable yeah i think i definitely agree with that about uh, mamuti and the stand that he's taken and the way in which he's used his stardom or his stardom has evolved and uh, actually that brings us to an important conversation point which is about stardom and comebacks because this has been a big year in terms of i mean rota you st- sort of alluded to it by talking about the angry young man and the angry young fan and how that's played out but we've had big comebacks from shahrukh khan ranbir kapoor karan johar and all of them have um say a lot of interesting things about culture and stardom in that context Yeah so if you if you look at someone like SRK and someone like Mamuti and they're both mammoth figures and they have been reshaping their legacy um how how would you look at that do you think SRK has also picked um and worked on more subversive narratives let's say with something like Atlee's Jawan or do you think he's pushing the more kind of massy masala blockbuster with quite a few you know which comes with its own share of problems um I definitely think the latter. Uh I am a huge SRK fan any day, but I feel like the fundamental difference between what he's doing and what uh Mamuti is doing is that Mamuti is used his uh in the sense that you you get a sense that for Mamuti his stardom is there and now he's essentially used that as a cushion to take more risks. Yeah. Because he's had this you know fantastic career of these many films and he has this fan base. he can try quote unquote smaller roles or something that would not be a guaranteed hit yeah whereas for srk i think it's the other way around srk is looking at i feel like it seems like he's looking at this from a totally business perspective in the sense that this is what's running this is what works and of course he's talked about it in interviews before about how he always wanted to be an action star but then the chopra's made him a romance hero yeah but this does at least to a fan like me come across as a it's a business decision purely nothing to fault there but i don't think uh, he's looking at it either ideologically or in such a sort of i guess artistic lens yeah. in terms of what story is it saying as compared to just will this work or not yeah i think um, i think the subversiveness is just a consequence of consequence of the time so i i do agree i feel like these things are specifically because the masses right now are in that space it's not it's it's a trendy thing that it's tomorrow the trend will change back again and the same actors will be doing roles that could possibly be very much con- conservative not like these are very uh, ground breaking but uh, yeah it's just and i think a lot of it is because with shahrukh khan it's a lot um that we have attached to his uh, stardom and and the fans have created meaning on their own right yeah. um he has he hasn't really outrightly said anything or like 
taken some radical position where you know where you know that the this exactly is the politics he un, he aligns with and and uh, that is why it's just that most of us are like us have been starved from that that this feels like a this feels like uh, a subversive person that we would want to side with yeah you know and interestingly i think something that we don't talk about so much is deepika padukone and how similarly she seems to have remolded her stardom as the past few years were years of taking risks with films that she had led with a chapak and a um gehraiya and the kind of hit that um i think going and standing at jnu and and that stance like the kind of hit that she took because of that now it seems like she's reinventing to do safe masala films as the heroine in them so be that jawan be that pathan be that now fighter um so it's also really interesting how even if if like even she's had to evolve or rather put her bets on a different kind of stardom and i wonder how different it would have been if chapak would have done well and gehraiya would have been received well yeah it feels like overall there's like this masculinization of film in general with uh mamuri being like the only exception to the to what's now become a norm because and that's why his film did was so beloved but ultimately has it done the kind of box office numbers um that maybe like a jawan or pathan have i don't think so like it's not comparable they're not even the same kind of film and it feels like riding this wave of hyper masculinity in order to make a comeback in order to cement yourself back in the mainstream seems like the only way for stars to be right now and that includes deepika padukone because um yeah we've spoken about this before like the masculinization of action heroines and the way she is going to come in a rohit shetty film uh this this fighter thing where she's playing a, a fighter pilot i i don't know like a pilot presumably a fighter pilot um and she's starting in all these action flicks like she's a spy she's a sexy spy in in uh, pathan and jawan is the only exception where she herself didn't play a masculinized character that way but otherwise when she's like getting top billing in a film like that's that's the thing that she's also resorting to so it's like this great like masculinization of mainstream masala films as well which feels a bit odd i don't know where it's going to go next year it's going to continue it feels like it's going to continue on this track i think um at least i mean in jawan to nayantara had a masculine role right but uh, this very interesting quote comes to mind when you say this i think this was some disney exec or cartoon network like one of those uh, back in the early 2000s and they were talking about this is right before uh, whoever pitched powerpuff girls was pitching it to people and the comments they kept receiving was we don't make shows targeted towards girls we make shows for boys because if the boys watch girls will watch but if it's for girls boys don't watch and that seems and because I mean, that's such a primary thing and even just directly it's such a primary school thing where whatever's you know masculine is cool and whatever's feminine is not whatever the fact that that's trickling down to mainstream film now is very sad and it also i mean for me feels like just 
currently mainstream film itself is also going through that it's it's going like it's having this era of childishness of sorts because so many of these mainstream films are so simplistic it it also like it's also about like who goes to the movies like there was this whole effort to to bring back the movie theater as a space for consuming entertainment and like shifting away from like cuz the at one point right after the pandemic the theaters have had pretty much died and now they're back in full force and people who go to the theaters it's like who has the most mobility and who has the most economic agency to go purchase a ticket go to a single screen or multiplex theater and watch a film on their own or take their families it's like um i don't know that's it it seems like as a business strategy it's it's directed towards men like you said like these films are being made to draw people back to the theaters and it just seems to follow from that that like men are the obvious recipients like people the target audience to cater to so it feels like that's that's what's going on at this point i don't know if i agree with that though so i'll respectfully disagree with the both of you there which is i think that this has been a year with a film like barbie which has proven this kind of thinking and philosophy a little wrong because it's an entire film that was directed at arguably little girls women and capitalizing on that and it has gone on to become the biggest release of this year it's become the most commercially successful film in warner bros history and you know has um um grossed more than like 1 billion dollars worldwide so i feel like the irony is that in india is the only place where barbie has not done as well as the rest of the world where oppenheimer actually earned more money and became like a 100 plus crore hit whereas barbie underperformed um so i think there's some introspection needed there on how indian audiences consume and what the patterns here are and all of that but i do think that with barbie actually it did pose an interesting challenge to this kind of thinking of like who do we cater films towards and like is does this philosophy necessarily have to apply which i think is really interesting and and how people grapple with it in the indian context will be fun because arguably some of our biggest superstars have been um shri devi have been madhubala have been like people go to the theaters to watch women to a huge extent uh, even if they are uh, a primarily male audience what can you do with that i think that's an opportunity for creators and producers to be creative and maybe things if things align there then there is potential so at least i would like to see that more optimistically with with babi first i think it also everybody kind of predicted that it wouldn't do so well here mm. at, at least not as good as oppenheimer uh, and we kind of knew that but um i think it's interesting when the eras tour happened yeah. and these uh, the, these theaters were packed with younger girls i think that changed kind of the experience in fact that was more than more than barbie it was a more of a like community um outing kind of situation but um with either of these i think i, I remember this is a very silly thing but uh, on instagram and twitter a lot of people were like ladies if your boyfriend doesn't want to come with you to eras then that's an issue <laughs> and the similar thing was happening with barbie also right but i think what was predicted over here was that over here it's still uh, 
a decision to go out and a decision to spend uh, spend money outside is more or less still taken by the heads of families and by uh, by younger men who have that kind of purchasing power to to keep aside and spend so obviously it it's not a surprise that even directors and producers are making films that uh that kind of feed into their already high egos and high um uh, high sense of entitlement i think with babi especially also i think the reason it didn't work as well in india is because their marketing strategy and even the way the film itself is packaged it is very heavy on nostalgia and it's very heavy on that particular brand of barbie feminism right both of which don't work in india yeah. because the large number of people that are the age or the target age for barbie like early 20s late 20s to like uh, 40s these are like a large chunk of these people are a large chunk of our theater going audience and not like inox just like not multiplex this theater going audience is not the audience that could have afforded barbie when it first came to india so that nostalgia factor is just not there so it doesn't yeah. fit the same yeah. so for us there is also that added layer of until very recently most of the people in this country could not afford a barbie so yeah. we don't have the way people in the americas or in europe or in most other uh, western countries do it's not a childhood nostalgia for everybody had a barbie yeah. for us it's a very one person in class who had an uncle in dubai had a barbie yeah so that's not a relate that you're doing and then on top of that the barbie brand of feminism the whole like she can do everything because she is barbie that's not something that permeated our consciousness yeah yeah for us a lot of like that like base level of feminism so to speak is is more of a okay she's choosing not to get married okay she can get out of the house it's a lot smaller so our idols uh there actually uh wild connection but i feel like that's also why zeena taman's comeback hit us as well as it did mm. because she was one of those icons of her times yeah. so those like feminist icons and her coming back and still holding true to that legacy yeah. makes more sense to us now and even people that weren't growing up when she was popular they also love her mm. because this is one of the few people that your parents also love and now because of her politics or the way she's navigated social media you also admire so there is that even a generational like connect that barbie had there with yeah. mothers and grandmothers and daughters there's a lot of people that went with all the women in their family that we don't have but that is something someone like a zinataman does still hold that power here yeah i think that's uh, that's really interesting about actually i had never thought about that about the nostalgia factor not connecting because unlike other hollywood action movies or even oppenheimer which have been dubbed in multiple local languages and work really well because there's a narrative to follow whereas in barbie it really inherently depends on the brand in a big yeah. way and that brand itself is not relatable um especially because you're even introducing all these new barbie characters and all a big part of the film is well t- introducing you to barbie was but you know talking about nostalgia and barbie and pop culture i think it would be a miss if we don't from that transition to talking about the archies uh which draws on similar nostalgia on the archies comics and where the team also attempted a barbie light campaign you know teaming up with airlines and starbucks and you know different brands to kind of 
promote the film um and that was also a big point of conversation because of the ever boiling nepo baby debate so where uh, i am really enjoying all of the all of the memes <laughs> all of the discourse it's thoroughly entertaining because what what else did we expect i think uh right now there's so much of time and space taken to critiquing their acting whereas we've forgotten the in- immense amount of production that has been carried out for the first time at this scale in this way right even mm-hmm. marketing it and all whatever it might seem a bit uh might seem a bit, bit gimmicky mm. in certain places but it's yeah. still like it's still a different way of doing things that we've always seen so there have been these kind of things where we can appreciate certain things but i feel like the the actual the storytelling part of it we've kind of just set aside where um the con- uh, as you said did not really con- connect emotionally with anyone because the context only felt so uh not genuine i think there was one thing that i picked up was that there were all these religious symbols of like mother mary and jesus and these things and all uh, uh pointing towards an anglo indian context but it's ridiculous that nobody ever went to church <laughs> if you know there are these things that are have been like missed out i'm not even I'm not even expecting a critique yeah. but if you were only truer to your context it would have been far more emotional than it actually is and yeah that was very disappointing yeah i agree and at least for me where it's ended up is that i'm actually feeling bad for the people in it because i'm like this is crazy because every day some reel pops up where somebody is like making fun or somebody is comparing them to aradhya bachan's <laughs> performance at her annual day event and i'm like are you realizing what's happening here you are creating a new ma- nepo baby so that you can make fun of older nepo babies and you are stuck in that same rut so i'm also i feel like it's and it's sad because it's it's making us lose out on where the nuances of that critique and discourse could have been um the film itself is not enjoyable unfortunately and in in all of the talk about it i think that baseline has been lost which is that wasn't a film that connected with most people emotionally i don't know i feel like my my like archie's is not even i feel like people are not even focusing on the real issue it's not the nepo babies and i actually think there isn't much that they could have done given what they were given to work with because i mean how much can you make something like the archie's comics feel authentic i mean there was that narrative like stunt of making it an anglo indian town but then it still feels so remote and it still feels so distant and detached from a reality that it does feel like a fantasy film but somewhat this is something off kilter about it so i don't exactly even blame the the actors or the the kids in it in in the film like i i, I actually don't have an opinion a very strong opinion about the nepotism part of it I I just feel like it's it's a symptom of the times where everything has to look so aesthetic and so pleasing if it's going to set itself apart from like a commercial film it has to look a certain ways and and the emphasis on that aesthetic quality of it is what is what I think let everything down in that sense because the substance was kind of lost in all of the 
emphasis on looking so beautiful and so picture perfect um like how do you make something like this connect with audiences and should that even be something that filmmakers concern themselves with but these were not questions that i felt like were thought through very much um and that's what made this whole film itself feel so uh yeah distant and with people focusing on the nepo babies as much as they are we're not having a more like important conversation about where film itself is going and this divide between mass and class films becoming even more stark where on the one hand our mass films are films like animal and the class films are archies and one is connecting with audiences in such a dangerous way and one is not connecting with audiences at all so where do we go from here that's a really that's a bigger question that i think people should really start talking about because we are always going to have nepotism everywhere not that i'm endorsing or doing anything about that debate hey, it sounds like that rohita rohita nepo baby uh, <laughs> endorser no. this is not what where i wanted to end up i just uh, what i'm just trying to say is i don't care that much about this nepotism debate anymore because it's just not i don't have faith in the fact that anyone's going to meaningfully talk about it or address it it's going to be there we're still going to keep having this conversation there'll still be outrage we're not going to it's like stagnant so i'm no longer interested in that conversation i'm interested in like the bigger one about where is film and art going in the future to south india <laughs> you're you're like that politician who's like everybody is shifting to hyderabad yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody come watch kannada films hemantra was fantastic you know i think uh, one thing that's interesting here is um i mean outside of this this conversation uh, is also like with the north versus south debate and all that there's also that with otts this year if if you look back it's been a big year with a lot of actors directors making their ott debuts like netflix and i mean archies um is a feature of film debut which is very different from made in heaven and you know because there was multiple directors and stuff as well um and then you have someone like ashayat kapoor karina kapoor making shows and movies which are only ott and then you have actors like manoj bajpai and uh, samantha prabhu and you know others kind of thriving and making a niche in the space but i feel like otts actually it's the year when though some people say that a lot of good quality content has come out on otts i think it feels like it's become more templatized you know because i don't know why this feels like the year that i'm looking back and thinking of the early early days of of these platforms even of a sony live um forget about netflix even of something like a sony live and now there feels like a little bit of like there is a template you know there will be a particular kind of show that you do there will be a particular kind of story there will be particular kind of acting like nothing surprises you anymore um which is why i was a bit disappointed by the artists for that reason because honestly i thought it'd be very interesting from an artistic perspective at least but it didn't end up being that which is like oh okay so there really is no you know clutter breaker in that sense and though i've enjoyed lots of ott shows like i mean kora this year on netflix has been uh, one of my favorites but i think there hasn't been anything which really kind of uh shakes things up in india at least the way something like a deadlock has globally and even then it's it's barely known it's a very niche show so i don't know i think i mean 
this is what happens right when money flows in like like you're saying while you were talking about it i was also thinking about the early early days of youtube as well mm. when like narrative shows even like little things was it yeah like, yeah stuff like that used to come out even the early days of filter copy and everything right i feel like that's just as pessimistic as it is that's just how things are when you do work harder when you're an underground underdog right so every time something's newer there are people that don't fit in in the normal mainstream service that flock here but then the minute this starts making money because it's new and fresh and original of course the mainstream people will shift and then this becomes the new mainstream i feel like there is a reason indie is always more interesting right and yeah. ott as sad as it is has now become mainstream so none of the indie stuff is working anymore and sorry to be tooting the same horn but i think this year is a great year for the kannada film industry yeah also because of the same reason because they're having a renaissance where their mainstream just wasn't working anymore you know tamil is doing much better telugu malayalam they were all doing much better so now there is this newer flock of directors that are taking more risks i feel like you take more risks when you have nothing to lose yeah. ott's have too much to lose bollywood has too much to lose currently the kannada film industry doesn't but you know <laughs> if we look at trends i'm hoping it doesn't happen but i feel like that's just what it is i feel like we we should just you know uh wait for whatever new medium comes in with yeah. people who are you know ready to take newer risks and maybe we should just all start going to film festivals maybe that's where everything's at yeah who knows there might be a ts studios or a production Ooh. studio which might be <laughs> creating creating that space a very unsubtle plug uh this whole debate about you know what do films mean anymore and what are they trying to say apart from like one bigger concern about box office and another concern about doing trying to like do something like the ott thing i i just want to add that i recently watched leo which is the lokesh lokesh kanagaraj movie starring vijay and i was so i was actually very pleasantly surprised by that because it was masi so it it did what it had to do it like what you have to do with a with a talapati movie but um <laughs> like there were certain elements of it where where you know for example they didn't have songs they didn't have like a love story that was building and like forced and contrived it already began with vijay as a middle aged man who's married to trisha um and has kids who are like in their teens you know and it already started with him being vulnerable um after after going through a fight he's he's traumatized and he faces consequences from with the law for like killing people even in self defense they did like a little token thing where oh you kill people so you have to go on trial and obviously he's like um um acquitted but just to see someone of his kind of star symbol and star status go through the motions of like an everyday man without being extraordinary in that sense and i'm not going to give spoilers for the movie or like it does all change towards the end of course because it has to i was just pleasantly surprised by the way that even like the masi formula is kind of changing a little bit because it's no longer like a formula in that sense like all bets are off there's nothing that predictably works every single time and so there are industries and films that are adapting to this and like changing small things like i'm not even talking about overall the quality of the film i'm not saying i loved it in that sense i was just surprised by the way things are going and the way people are navigating their stardom in that sense and i really feel like bollywood has so much to learn 
in that sense from from even tamil movies and yeah the south like you said neha so yeah uh, in defense of bollywood i think rocky rani this year was a great uh, sort of non complacency from someone that you would have otherwise expected to be complacent i feel like karan johar could very well have made another majority mai makkar but he didn't and i i thoroughly loved rocky rani i think it was a fantastic yeah. film i think it was very fun and i cried in the theaters also <laughs> but you know he he did what he didn't need to yeah and it wasn't the the one big problem i have with uh, i mean at least modern filmmaking is that it's stuck between woke and unwoke and yeah. it's really irritating like the modern money contemporary contemporary sorry contemporary filmmaking like the most obvious example that i get is something like an ocean's eight right like that unnecessary and it's not unnecessary you really like it would be really nice to see a woman only heist film but then if you make it a only woman heist film it's going to be like unnecessary right it's not like you can't peg your entire plot to performative feminism and that is something that bollywood has done quite a lot in the recent years a lot of performative wokeness has happened yeah. but if, and then they they lose that emotional essence of what a story really is yeah. and then they also in making their characters woke and uncancelable they don't give them any character which i think karan johar did really well in rocky rani and i feel like especially like rocky's character was so fresh and like so easy to connect with emotionally like i've had friends who don't even understand hindi who loved him yeah you know i think i was thinking about this the other day i mean i also absolutely loved the film saw it many times in the theaters only um but i was thinking about something interesting which is that actually rocky arani seems to be karan johar's attempt to update his films with how his audiences themselves have changed because it is meant for people like uh, you and i let's say who grew up watching his film or or also reflects how the diaspora itself has changed a little bit from what it was when his films first became yeah. successful which i think is very interesting to because i think a lot of filmmakers don't think about their audience in the same way but you can see how he's a very commercial filmmaker because it is made with keeping um the audience in mind and i absolutely agree that it's managed to do a really good job of like it doesn't hit too many false notes there are few but not too many and i think similar attempts have been made by films like satya prem ki katha or the great indian family but they haven't uh clicked uh so that is also interesting rocky or rani i think it feels like a good example um example of i feel what a templatized film looks like but when it's when it has more thought and more, and it pushes more than the template and yeah. which is why i feel like as some somebody who is also a very superficial consumer a lot of the times yeah i feel like i would actually like the templatized versions of things because it gives me a sense of familiarity yeah. and something to go back to yeah. so i'm not a fan of things that are so esoteric that's going to like it's going to ruin my mood and i don't know what's going to going to happen right yeah. so if there is a structure already in place i know what i'm getting into but at the same time it's very it's uh, amazing to see filmmakers kind of push that and it's also more creative i feel yeah. it's far more uh, far more um 
enjoyable of a challenge to make and you also as a consumer you're uh, you're always expecting a formula because you know it and then you're kind of thrown off which yeah. is very surprising and it's a, an, a very enjoyable experience purely because of that yeah you know denise it's so interesting that you talk about templates this way and that we talk about templates usually in the contract context of commercial films but i do feel that this is the year when festival film template fatigue has been a thing because uh, india has been really successful internationally at multiple film festivals and with uh, elephant whisperers and all that breeds getting the kind of attention they did at the oscars that has gotten like national attention outside of the media um and entertainment community also in a big way and uh, it just feels now that there is there is a template to that kind of filmmaking also i mean there always has been but now there's just more attention on that um how do you look at like india's big quote unquote victories um at these international forums and how the relationship between uh and how our relationship with international appreciation is changing or has changed for the better let's say from slum dog millionaire to now or has it just become more twisted or weird i think uh, at least with the oscars it says more about the west's interpretation of us than our uh, identity itself because again they are the ones that choose it and yeah. i feel like it is very interesting especially when you bring up slum dog millionaire is if you look at it very simplistically if slum dog millionaire is what they thought of us then and rrr is what they thought of us what they think of us now it doesn't seem like we've moved too much past the indian snake charmer <laughs> stereotype but at the same time i mean with the west and you know them really starting to embrace musicals i feel like they've picked up all the superficial bits about our like the big bollywood film that they like but somehow they've managed to not touch the diversity they've managed to not touch the conflict they've managed to not touch any of the nuances yeah especially with rrr like winning uh, what it did i feel like there are much better films that are a representation of what india is i mean i feel like it's ridiculous to give any film that pressure to represent a country but i feel like much better films have come out of us in these couple of years than rrr i enjoyed rrr i just don't think it's an oscar worthy film because it's it's just any other like bollywood mythology film but just bigger right i feel like at least bahubali was still much better than that so i feel like it it's so clear what they view us as because if they don't know our context at all of course this is going to be interesting but for someone that's lived this context and this is there for us it's it's the most like superficial flat film ever right but then i guess that also makes me wonder if this is how we're looking at any other film from any other country that's not america yeah yeah i don't know i i agree with you um ara was on an oscar worthy film but why is oscar why are the Os- the oscars should not have been our barometer for anything at all it's like i'm reminded of what bong uh, bong joon ho uh, the director of parasite said about the oscars once uh, he said the oscars are not an international film festival they are very local um <laughs> yeah and and so i think this if anything should make us take the oscars less seriously the fact that rrr got that much international acclaim it's a 
it's a good okay it's a very entertaining film and here's where i'll just say that if you love rocky or rani so much i really think my unpopular opinion is that rrr is a superior film like if you like rocky or rani for the template and the the aesthetics and the fun and the entertainment and all of that then this also no i mean like i don't know <laughs> like because i feel like rocky or rani it's still so traditional and conservative just like at the end oh we'll exchange i'll stay in your my future in laws place you stay in my future in law in your future in laws place and then we'll end up getting married and every wedding i go to place that kudmai song ultimately it's so traditional like and so i don't see like the politics being more subversive or anything it's an enjoyable film this was an enjoyable film i just feel like yeah the like rrr got as much notoriety as it did for many different reasons for like the fans and the oscars seeing it as some kind of decolonial film or whatever but ultimate like if you look if you view them in our context for getting the f- festivals and the acclaim i don't see there being much of a difference between the two movies except in terms of the genre but yeah Rohana you're saying all these things about Rocky Rani if that's as if that's not what Ram Charan's character did with the British you come here I'll go there same thing and that man to betrayed his country also at least Rocky only betrayed his grandma but that was a fake betrayal I mean come on we like Rocky Rani because the characters were had like more than one dimension please tell me about more what two dimensions both of them had their dimensions were each other they were the same character <laughs> but you know interestingly i mean i think uh, to bring in uh, to kind of pick up from the point about the point of the oscars and like why are they taken so seriously i think this was also the year with the violence in gaza and the sort of backlash uh, that we saw in the world of pr and entertainment and it really kind of brought to the fore the disillusionment with um i think politics around the world and how it functions and broke this whole illusion of like you know how social justice issues are a much more third world country problem and that we are much more sorted in the first world with our stance on things like violence and conflict and stuff like that which um i mean with the iraq war with the vietnam war i mean there have been a lot of instances in the past but i think for this particular generation this kind of violence it, it just brings that back into uh, the picture and i know this isn't strictly pop culture related but i feel it did impact to a huge extent how we view people in entertainment in hollywood and just you know kind of reflect on this politics even more yeah i think uh, for sure it it makes it really makes us question who we see as ide- idols and icons and and uh, it's a big reality check on that these people that we worship and we've given this kind of space to um are also people who are who have a lot to say with the political situation yeah. currently um yeah. going back to taylor swift's fandom uh, it's very clear that when the times magazine cover came out and and we saw taylor swift and her cat on the cover everybody was like obviously what the hell what the hell is going on and so many people made their own versions of uh, of the time magazine cover with um, a lot of palestinian journalists right now who are risking their lives every every waking day um and it's just it puts a lot of things into perspective and kind of gives us all a wake up call if we didn't already have multiple of them 
um i think everything that's been going on in the last two to three months uh in gaza and just the scale of destruction i i think what makes this different and what makes that something so something to immediately contend with is the fact that we can see the violence take place every single day on our phone screens like you can see images and videos coming out of the region side by side with all of the pop culture stuff like developments happening and that's just a very surreal feeling the incongruence between seeing like and like a genocide unfold on the one hand and then there's business as usual that's going on on the other in the same screen i think that's also contributing to this greater sense of alienation and disillusionment that we're experiencing with pop culture with um with culture in general because how can you really engage with anything when something like this is going on and you're privy to it and you can't do anything about it um and i think the more that artists even mainstream artists start directly confronting this fact and acknowledging that it's happening um if they do that i mean i think that's what's immediately necessary because if they don't then they're missing out on a huge aspect of human of like the human experience which is which is complete um with like sorrow and also confusion and hopelessness that we're experiencing in this moment if nobody's really responding to that then what is the point of all the art that's coming out and you it's also kind of grotesque to try and escape from it in this moment so even the whole idea of making escapist art or films or entertainment that also feels a bit grotesque now so i think the more people run away from it the worse we end up being um in terms of how we're grappling with the situation and the worse we're going to yeah the worse art itself is going to get and culture and pop culture and the conversations we're having it's just going to get like yeah quite uh, sad actually so i hope that as we go in going to 2024 there is an actual reckoning with what is happening as opposed to avoiding it um i hope we directly confront what's going on yeah absolutely i think uh, that was rohita's delulu is not the selulu monologue <laughs> and um yeah and so this is perhaps here to reflect and to really think about what it means to have a voice what it means to create art and uh, what it means to create impact through pop culture and on that note that's a, a wrap to um this pop culture wrap episode and to 2023 on the respectfully disagree podcast we hope you enjoyed listening to us this year and we will see you in 2024 uh we have lots of exciting stuff planned it'll be a new year and a new rd so do tune in see you next time bye bye uh for those that have still stuck around that is denise's last bye she will not be joining us from the next episode so if you're still here please go to our instagram and say bye denise <laughs> bye denise this podcast is brought to you by ts studios the production company that brings the swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films